Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW market update. My name is Anson Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be speaking with you again. A um, little bit of a dip here on the price. Not uh, a ton of news going on in Bitcoin right now, but I'll look at a few different stories to uh, maybe bring you up to speed. I know my listeners are some of the best informed out there in Bitcoin, but uh, I am going to give a few news stories here with my spin on it. But let's look at some of the metrics going on with Bitcoin. Price first. So we are sitting at 67.98 on Bitstamp, just under 6,800. Um, we had a decent bounce a couple days ago, but we just have not been able to pierce this downward sloping trend line. And we have several overhead from where we are right now. Um, we have the main one that is all the way from the all-time high sloping down and right above us. Let's see where that that's that's crossing the 200 uh, simple moving average right now at about 9450. Uh, that's where that uh, long like entire correction that's where that resistance line is right now 94.50 but this uh you know local downward sloping trend line above us is at 71.84 so we would have to break out to like 7500 to be a clean break of this you know closest downward sloping trend line so there's a lot of um a ton of resistance above us. We have the 200 MA, the 50 MA. Um, we are squarely below this uh, resistance. And I think that when we look going forward over the next month, there that that's going to be the main story is we're going to see more and more good news. Like we've seen from lightning uh, coming out. We've seen the destruction of Bcash, which I'll talk about a little bit here. Um, uh, uh, the kind of altcoin collapse that we've also seen and uh, the sec going after ICOs. i mean just over and over and over you can see the good news for bitcoin and um but <laughs> this price isn't budging we also see it like in the traditional markets right like uh the pullback in stocks and uh, some of the uncertainty there the risk off if there's going to be a safe haven type play and does bitcoin fit into the safe haven as digital gold or is it still considered a very speculative asset uh, which it is but it's also a safe haven it's really weird the way that bitcoin is starting to mix in here with people's portfolios right um, and what type of percentage are uh, these people once they go risk off and they start uh, reallocating their portfolio where does bitcoin fit in because remember, um, what these big hedge funds will do and what these big in, um, investors do is if they have a percentage that they uh, have allocated towards, say, gold and silver or bonds or stocks, if that percentage grows and goes from, say, they have a 10% allocation for stocks, or I mean, it'd be higher than that, but say it's 10% allocation for stocks, and that goes up, and they, when they reevaluate, it's at 20%. So it has grown as a percentage of their portfolio. They will sell stocks to get it down to 10%. Okay, and that could be that could be what happened with Bitcoin here, as these larger investors were looking at this. You know, um, the these 
altcoins and the top tier altcoins that they might have been invested in and Bitcoin, the biggest one, as that was taking up a higher percent, maybe from 1%, it got up to 5% of their portfolio. They're going to sell that off down to 1%, whatever their allocation is. And it would be the same in reverse. So as um, maybe they had that 10% allocated, now it's down to 5%. They're going to buy more Bitcoin to get it back up to that 10% allocation. Um, now that's, just what I understand. I mean, I'm not in that world. Uh, I have read, uh, not extensively or anything like that, but that's what I understand their philosophy is. And I'm, I don't have millions of dollars that I am allocating to different things, but, uh, you know, that's, that's how I understand it. And it makes sense to me. So, uh, but there is a lot of this overhead resistance. A lot of good news is coming out, but we're not going to see that translate into price until, uh, you know, we're going to have to break this, I think, in kind of a slow manner. We're not going to have a 5,000 candle, a $5,000 candle in one day or one week. I really don't see that at this point. Um, but I mean, there is so much support it's been a very slow grind uh, i can see two possibilities either we slow grind and we start trending up we break this local downtrend maybe sideways we start trending up towards that the longer term downtrend and you know we hit that resistance and we f figure out what's going on with the market or we just have a, a much bigger sell-off and if, if that's the case you know i'm I'm not in this camp right now, but uh, the next support I have on my chart is down to 4,800. So that's a pretty big drop. I don't know if we'll get there, but uh, I, I mean, I'm a mega bull and I'm, I'm expecting this to go sideways to up in a very slow way, build some really good accumulation in this zone and then go up from there. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Let's look at some more fundamentals here besides just price the 200 ma like i said is 94.43 i am going to be watching this because if we do rally to that point uh, that you know we bounced off of it last time we were at the 200 day moving average we bounced down and um so i'm going to be watching that to see if we can bounce uh, if we bounce down or if we break through it um it has been all the way since april 2014 when the slope of the 200 ma changed from positive to negative and that was the beginning of that longer term bear market so um, it's getting close it's starting to really flatten out and, and instead of adding i think it was adding like almost 50 dollars a day at one point to the 200 ma um, i think it's it's just adding well let's go check so yesterday it was at 94.27 so what is that that's a uh, 15, 15 bucks. And as, as you look at it, it really does appear that there is, it's, it's flattening out. So um, if it turns negative, that I think that's going to be a pretty bearish sign, but uh, we'll see. It, that might be baked in the cake already. Who knows? The mayor multiple is 0 0.72. I think it's only been below this for like, oh man, maybe 5% of the time in Bitcoin's history. I haven't looked at the statistics uh, on this yet, but that is very low. That is very low. The mayor multiple, um, and and big money looks at that, right? I mean, the two hundred MA is a very good indicator of uh, what not necessarily fair market value, but kind of like uh, the 
the average value. So if, if the farther we get away from that 200 MA, the better of an op, a better investment opportunity it looks like to larger investors. Futures. So um, OKEX futures, they are a June contract right now, the three-month futures there, and it is at 6700 So that is a uh, discount of $90 or 1.3%. Pretty big backwardation there. Uh, CME futures, their April contract, so that's the front month, is much better. At least the last time I checked here is 68.60, which is a premium, and their June contract, 68.75. Again, the June contract has very little volume, and they do have a September contract out there that has zero volume. Um, the open interest on CME is 1,661 contracts, so that's only a total of 8,000 bitcoins, 8,300 actually. Uh, Bitcoin's open interest on CME, and that's not much. And, you know, this is, again, that manipulation. People will talk about, oh, this is traditional manipulation like the gold markets, but um, there's just not enough volume to do anything. Uh, okay, BitMEX futures, uh, they are slight discount. Uh, June is 66.60, and they do have a new September contract, 66.90. They are they're in a pretty big discount over there on BitMEX. <laughs> Market size and transactions. Bitcoin's market cap right now is 115 billion. When we touched that $6,000 price, uh, when was that? February. In February, the we hit the $100 billion market cap, and we are now at $115 billion. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where this does bounce. If it does, do we go back down to 100 billion? And remember, um, there is Bitcoin's mind every day. Uh, what what is the amount? Is it fourteen hundred? I think it's like fourteen hundred bitcoins. I I'd have to do the math in my head real fast. But um, you know, it's it's over a million dollars a day added in supply through the block reward, and um, so if this goes back to a hundred billion, that would be less than six thousand dollar price. That would be like a I don't know fifty nine hundred or something like that. Global Bitcoin market cap that includes all the the shit coins <laughs> is two hundred fifty seven billion, and that makes a maximalist price of fifteen thousand one hundred seventy five. The maximalist price is, uh, you know, if you take the entire crypto Bitcoin space and you divide it by outstanding Bitcoins, what would be the price of Bitcoin? Um, okay, on chain transaction volume. Now this is this is uh, the next few here are actually pretty positive, I think. Um, the average transaction value, or sorry, the average number of on-chain transactions in the last 24 hours, um, one point, almost 1.4 million Bitcoins. That's $9.5 billion. And that's up from, uh, well, that's about 30% to 40% higher than last week. So uh, this is a, a daily number, not a weekly number. But if you take from the last time I talked, I think it was 1.0 million Bitcoins. And now it's 1.4 million bitcoins, so it is it is higher uh, noticeably from last week. The average transaction value for the last 24 hours is also much higher. So last week we were looking at about five, I think five bitcoins per transaction. Uh, now it's 7.45 bitcoins uh, per transaction, and the that dollar value is higher. So it was 40,000 dollars last week, and now it's 50,000 dollars over the last 24 hours. So this is going up as well. The median that, uh, transaction value is also up uh, at 0.085 BTC. 
So those are all these averages and medians, and, and those numbers look like they're trending upwards again. Um, we'll, we'll check it next episode and see where they've gone, but um, this looks good, and if this can continue, that shows that there's some pickup in this accumulation, pickup in demand. MVT, which I got a good... Uh, I got a good DM this week from Clark Moody. If you guys don't um, know about his site, bitcoin.clarkmoody.com. He has some really good, uh, you know, by the tick charts. They're really good. A futures curve that is pretty interesting to watch, actually. And um, yeah, that can give you some good insights. He, he DM'd me and he's like, the reason why the NVT sucks is because... Uh, it has price in the numerator and the denominator, and if you take it out, it ends up just being one over the velocity. So it really doesn't give you anything more extra than the velocity, and that makes total sense to me. I'm glad that he DM'd me on that. I haven't really spent the time to dive into that because I just don't buy it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the 28-day average for the MVT network value by transactions or something like that is uh, 145. That hasn't moved, really. Longs versus shorts, 33.8 thousand longs and 29.9 thousand shorts. This is Bitfinex specifically. Uh, Bitfinex or bfxdata.com is where you can get that stuff. Um, I also have a chart where, uh, on TradingView where I watch the ratio. So longs over shorts. If you look at commodities, uh, commodities are usually net long, right? So we'd expect this to be over that one on the ratio. And it is sitting at 1.13. It got recently, let's see, as high as, let me bring that chart up. Um, oh, fuck. Okay, so we are sitting at about 1.6, and the, the 80 moving, 180 moving average, so six month moving average right now is up at uh, 1.6 for the ratio. We did hit even just the other day. And uh, I went back and looked at this, all this data on this ratio from longs and shorts, and the bottom is always higher, uh, a higher ratio. So for example, the all-time high happened, um, This, the nine, $19,000 all-time high happened at a ratio of 1.6, and the bottom actually occurred at 2.2 the ratio and and if you go back in the last three swing highs and swing lows the low is always higher on this uh, ratio occurs at a higher place than the uh, swing high which is super interesting to me because that's contrary to uh, prevailing wisdom out there uh, we are very low so i would expect this ratio to have to increase adding a lot of longs relative to shorts um so i don't know the shorts have to close <laughs> something like that but that's that's just really interesting to me. Uh, okay, public OTC. We have around $92 million in the last week. Paxful has hit an all-time high, which I thought was very interesting. $14 million out of Paxful. Local Bitcoins is about $76 million worth of Bitcoin. And if you look at local Bitcoins, because uh, on coin.dance, linked in the show notes, uh, you can see by country broken out for local Bitcoins. And Canada, Europe had some really big spikes. Mexico had a spike. Peru had a spike just recently within the last week. And that is uh, pretty cool. I don't know what's going on there. I heard there might be a exchange closure in Canada. Um, there might be some exchange issues going on there over there in Europe. I mean, Japan has had some exchange closures, but they're such a wired 
population with lower restriction, lower regulation. So they're going to be buying on the traditional markets. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see which countries are spiking in volume. All right, that's it for the market size and transactions. Let's go on to the blockchain and security. All right, this is network stuff. So um, mining, difficulty, mempool, transaction fees, that kind of thing. And um, so for difficulty, we are expecting in nine days. So we're about halfway through this difficulty period. And remember, if you're new to Bitcoin, uh, the difficulty for mining um, readjusts. It retargets 10 minutes every 2016 blocks, which is about two weeks, okay? About 14 days. Uh, depends. I mean, if, if the hash rate, the, my, the computer power on the network is surging, it's going to be a lot less. It could be 12, 13 days. Um, if it's on a downtrend, which it rarely is, then it could be longer, 15, 16 days. Um, but right now we're about nine days away and we're expecting a 7.5% increase. I have a story here in the news section about uh, the Heilong mining equipment that's getting delivered, so this might have something to do with it. But our last three difficulty adjustments were 1%, 5%, and 9%. Those are all really healthy. Um, and as you look at the price versus this difficulty versus the hash rate, so th there's a disconnect here. Why are we going up? Uh, you know, we are at all-time high hash rate, but we're not at all-time high price. There's a disconnect. Um, miners are not expecting this pullback to continue or get worse long term there is a floor under the price i calculated out in the u.s it, it's an average of like six to seven thousand dollars to mine a bitcoin so right now a lot of these that's average i mean you can do it cheaper it's going to consolidate to the cheaper places that might cost four or five thousand but um you know as an average for the united states that's how much it costs canada's probably even cheaper than that right um a lot of these places are cheaper, but that's the average in the United States. Just gives you an idea. You know, as price goes up, we have more decentralization in mining because there's more profits. And if you have more profits in a sector, you invite more competition. So uh, Bitcoin has gone through this price pullback, 2015, consolidation in manufacturing of chips, consolidation in mining to bigger farms and things. And then when the price was going to all-time highs, we had a lot of guys buying a few rigs for their basement or whatever joining pools maybe some uh, small to mid-sized farms getting going and um, so the mining has decentralized a lot in the last uh, year to two years um, but now with this pullback you know we're starting to test that uh, but the hash rate is not showing any signs of uh, pulling back significantly i mean we might have uh, one of these difficulty adjustments to go down one three one two three percent something like that but um i mean 7.5 percent increase estimated for the difficulty in the next one is is sizable okay so for profitability they're, they're looking at about 50 cents 51 cents per terahash per day and that is getting low because um some of these rigs were earning you know in the three or four dollars a day <laughs> when the price was higher but now it's only 50 cents and it starts getting cutting into your, you know, profitability. Blockchain size is about 192 gigabytes. Mempool is less than a megabyte. We did have last week, we had a little spike up to a few megabytes in the mempool. Um, but nothing like we saw last year, where it was at 500 megabytes. So we're less than a megabyte. It only costs about 13 cents per transaction on average, um, which is pretty cheap.
Okay. And that, and that's with, remember, the median transaction value is $577 right now. And so that's a fee of 13 cents is, is <laughs> extremely fair and reasonable. Development. Okay, this is talking about the actual de uh, development of Bitcoin Core. And they have, over the last seven days, 39 merged PRs and 33 closed issues. This shows you that they are cranking it out, man. They are at high speed right now. Um, as an example, Ethereum's main client, their Go client, um, only had six merged PRs and five closed issues. So Bitcoin is there. What is that? Shit. Uh, about seven times more activity on Bitcoin than on Ethereum. I mean, a lot of their time is spent researching this damn proof of stake, which I don't think they're ever going to make it to. Um, but uh, you know, Bitcoin is moving forward at a faster rate than anybody else. There's a couple projects out there that might have more activity, but they're not launched, right? Like EOS, I looked, I took a look at their stuff. I think they have like 60 merged PRs in the last 70 day, uh, seven days. But... Um, it's because they're not, I mean, they're, they're just getting going. And again, these type of projects are going to die like Ethereum. The interest is going to go away from them uh, because we have Bitcoin layer two, which is so exciting. Speaking about Bitcoin layer two, let's talk about lightning. Capacity is up to 9.1 Bitcoins from the last show. It was 6.5. Now it's 9.1. Pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> if you ask me, that's pretty awesome. Channels, uh, there's 37 188 channels 3788 channels that's up from my last show of 20 uh, at 2500 so huge increase the number of nodes is up as well uh, up to 1300 from the last show at a, around a thousand it keeps growing it keeps growing this is despite the or in the face of a ddos attack so they were flooding these lightning nodes trying to make them fall off the network and um you know, it did, it had a temporary uh, effect, but it looks like that's over with and these nodes are coming back online um, in, in a big way. So that is an average channels per node of 2.8. More is better. Uh, minimum, absolute minimum of two. Uh, so it, it looks good at almost three channels per node and, and this will just continue to increase, I think. All right, uh, Google Trends. Uh, this is the last part of the fundamentals here, Google Trends. Uh, so just ranking for the search term of Bitcoin and uh, on, on, over the last 12 months out of 100 being the highest um, around the all time high, we're at 19 and you, it looks very similar to the price chart, uh, but uh, we have flattened out and slightly turned up this last week uh, in this 12 month chart. So that's good. I mean, you know, it's a shallow dip and maybe we're coming out of it we'll have to see how that how that goes um the 30-day number is even better at 83 out of 100 and so yeah that's slightly higher again and looking good uh, i mean there's no dramatic drop off there's no uh, to sim to symbolize like hey a big price movement's coming there's none of that so that's good for google trends
All right, news. Let's talk about the news here over the last week. Uh, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. The ha uh, Haylong mining uh, rigs have shipped uh, or are starting to ship. Uh, a lot of have been delivered and joined the network now. Mining with the overt ASIC boost. And there's ASIC boost for people that are new to Bitcoin here is um, a shortcut in a proof of work. And there's two types. Uh, there is the overt one where we can see it and we can say that looks like ASIC boost. And then there's covert where looking at the block and looking at the hash, we can't really tell that ASIC boost was used, except that usually there's a very few amount of transactions. Like I think it's between 10 and 30 or something like that. Um, transactions in that block, which is kind of suspicious on by itself, especially when the mempool was really high last year. And they would make a lot of money on fees by including more transactions, and they didn't. Uh, that was very suspicious that they were using covert ASIC boost, this covert shortcut. Um, now, overt ASIC boost, the patent for that has been opened up to everybody, and people are starting to use it. Um, now, this is not like a lot. I've seen a lot of comments out there saying, oh, it's okay when Haylong does it, but not when Bitmain does it, but it's different, right? It's covert versus overt. Um, and the, the overt one is very destructive to the incentive structure um, and the decentralization of mining. But now that everybody can use the, the uh, what did I say? The covert one is the destructive one. The overt one, if everyone's able to use it, uh, you know, everyone's on a level playing field. So uh, that is less of an issue. Plus, I think the the uh, obvious one is more efficient even than the, the, the hidden one. So that's another benefit, and and it, it hurts these these miners that have gotten so big, and they're uh, starting to become monopolistic, or they have a monopolistic um, behavior. You know, this this uh, will pair those back, and it's a total free market reaction to it, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, so decentralization of mining has increased, like I said. Um, this uh, it's an evolutionary process. You know, at, it's it's a market process as profits expand. Mining will de decentralize. As profits shrink, mining will uh, centralize again. So it's an evolutionary process. But at the same time, every expansion in profits and competition, um, we ha just have more more people in the market. So during the last contraction, we might have got down to one big miner, which we did, uh, Bitmain, and. Um, in this, in the next kind of pullback and consolidation, we'll we'll be getting down to maybe three or four big miners, okay, uh, and then we'll expand again, and then the next pullback we'll get down to ten. You know, it's going to continue to expand the number of miners, um, but we will go through this kind of um, business cycle in in mining. It's an evolutionary process, but I do have a link to a story about that in the show notes. All right. What's what else can I talk about? Let me just talk quickly about Finex is talking about going to Switzerland, um, which this is a reg arb story and uh, a regulation arbitrage where the, they're moving out of Hong Kong. Even, I mean, there's been a lot of talk in China about reigning in Hong Kong. So Bitfinex, I think is wanting to get the hell out of there. Um, and they're looking at Switzerland. <coughs> All right, de-economy, deck economy, whatever this conference was the other day, um, there, there's some news out of that. So Vitalik, 
had this big tweet storm. He was live tweeting from the audience, which was pretty awesome of him to do. Um, but I think he had like 60 tweets or something in this um, thread. I responded to several of them on my Twitter, if you guys are following me. Uh, but Vitalik um, stood up and he called Craig Wright, CSW, he called him a fraud to his face. And why are people letting him even speak at a conference? He's such a fraud, which I think is great. <laughs> and uh, Roger Ver was even on stage, and Roger Ver didn't say anything in his defense, anything like that. So this Bcash uh, whole narrative is falling apart. It's getting destroyed. Um, the This was a South Korean conference, I believe. Um, and D-Economy is decentral, I'm guessing, or distributed econ economy. To me, that's even the name is kind of silly. And I think we're going to go through this through this period here over the next two years of the uh, blockchain, all the things decentralize, all the things getting paired back. All right. Because middlemen trusted third parties, middlemen are not inefficient. Middlemen are actually efficient. They evolved for a reason. Now the government came in and hijacked the middleman, which is bad, right? Um, but not all middlemen are bad. And this, this, um, I mean, they facilitate trade for the most part. They do that. There's, it's only when the government controls the middleman, is that a bad thing? And, um, so I think this will kind of start dawning on people the, the, the Bitcoin maximalism philosophy here is going to start growing. I think this not decentralizing all the things is part of Bitcoin maximalism because, you know, once we have Bitcoin and once we have this decentralized sound money. It necessitates the government pulling back, getting smaller, having less influence. So if we just have this good money, then we'll have good outcomes. Okay, the last thing I have here is uh, Saifedean Amus. His new book, The Bitcoin Standard, is out. You can get the Kindle edition, which I did. I also have ordered uh, the paperback edition or the hardback edition, whatever, the hardcover edition. Um, that will be coming in, in, I think, by the end of April here. But um, read this book. I haven't gotten through it all yet. But um, guys, this is great. He is a, a good uh, one of the leading minds in the space. A huge Bitcoin maximalist, huge hodler mentality. And um, yeah, I think it's great. So check out the Bitcoin standard. You can get it on Amazon. Like I said, it's out on Kindle right now. That's it. Thank you guys so much for joining me. My name is Ansel Lindner. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets support me for two bucks a month or five bucks a month. Uh, if you want to just make a one-time donation, you can go to Bitcoin and markets.com forward slash donate. I accept Bitcoin, Litecoin and PayPal. If you want to hold on to your crypto and hodl. So that's it guys. Thank you to all my patrons. We'll see you next time. Bye.